Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week we go in-depth with Baylor leaders, professors, and more, discussing important topics in higher education, research, and student life. I'm Derek Smith, and today we are joined by Baylor University President Dr. Linda Livingstone. As we start a new year, we'll look back at 2022 and look ahead to all the exciting things that uh, usher in a new year. And President Livingstone, it's a, it's a busy time, but we really appreciate you joining us today. Happy to be with you, Derek, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. And, uh, you know, it's uh, we, we've had the pleasure of having you on the program numerous times around this time of year. And so I'll start off by asking you a question that I think we've asked a version of each of the last few years, but I think it's always interesting. As we uh, start a new year, you kind of look back at the prior year. When you think of 2022 at Baylor, what, what words come to mind? What moments come to mind? Uh, what, what do you think of a 2022, the year that was? Well, I think 2022 was a really amazing year for the university. If you go all the way back to really the very end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022, uh, that was right when we were able to announce that we had received achieved R1 status. We really got to celebrate that during 2022, which was fun. We kicked off the year with a Sugar Bowl win. You can't mm-hmm. hardly beat that as a way to start off the year. Uh, then we hit our $1.1 billion uh, campaign goal and have kept moving forward on that process and continuing to raise money. We had the largest applicant pool we've ever had for students coming into the fall semester. So tremendous interest in Baylor University by our students. We had one of the best hiring classes we've ever had of faculty this year, uh, a large class, but our most diverse class ever. So I just, as you look at all of the measures of uh, what we're trying to accomplish and the work we're doing, I think it was a very successful year. And just credit to uh, the Baylor family, to our faculty and staff for all that they've put into helping us to get to this level of success and achievement. Yeah, so each and every one of those, we could almost do a whole show on in exactly. some form or fashion. So many things took place. You know, as we start the new year, I, I think one thing the Baylor family will probably be keeping their eyes on is construction. Uh, we've certainly seen the Herd Welcome Center pretty dramatically come together, uh, and uh, that's going to open in this uh, 2023 year, and then the Foster Pavilion uh, coming together as well. You know, from your standpoint, as you watch these buildings uh, grow and as you envision them, what aspects to you are the most exciting? What are you most looking forward to as these uh, come to fruition? Well, when I'm out and about among our uh, family and friends, the alumni base, I always get asked about the facilities uh, because they're just so prominent on campus, particularly if you get a chance to come to campus. And when I think about those two facilities, the uh, Herd Welcome Center and then the Foster Pavilion, they, one, are just so visible right off of Interstate 35. So I think they're going to just continue much like McLean Stadium has, give visibility to the university, to the millions of people that drive down Interstate 35. But more importantly for Baylor, I think, is that they're really places to bring people together, whether that's bringing our prospective students together at the Welcome Center, whether it's bringing our alumni to the Alumni Center that will be a part of the Welcome Center, whether it's people gathering for basketball games and other activities we can do in the pavilion. They're just going to be amazing facilities for the Baylor family to gather, come together, celebrate, and uh, really enjoy what it means to be a part of the Baylor family. So I can't wait for those to open, and we're really excited about that in the coming year. And that's something to build on for sure as we visit with President Livingstone. I want to ask you as we start the new year uh, quickly about basketball and uh, really even a little more specifically the Big 12's 
momentum. Now, a little just so people, we're, we're talking, uh, you know, break, news always breaks. So you and I are recording this before we actually air. So you never know what news breaks. But, you know, the Big 12 is uh, has some, some real momentum with Commissioner Brett Yormark. And I'm just curious, after this first football season uh, with, with him at the helm, what are some things you take away from his leadership and where it's going? Well, we were, of course, really excited last summer when we were able to announce Brett Yormark as our new commissioner. And he hit the ground running. Of course, the day after we announced him is when UCLA and USC decided to announce they were leaving to go to the Big Ten. So it all of a sudden caused lots of angst and, and sort of trauma in the college athletic world, much like the previous summer had when OU and Texas announced leaving to go to the SEC. But Brett has stepped up. He's uh, been proactive. He's been unbelievably active. He's an, an enthusiastic uh uh, forward-looking type of person. And so I think we've had a great fall with him. He, we, of course, uh, have a team in the CFP, which is really exciting for the conference. Um, we have eight of our current schools in bowl games. All four of the new schools coming in are in bowl games. I don't think there's any other conference right. that could say that uh, in terms of the percentage of teams in, in uh, bowl games. We have the outlines of a media agreement that will provide stability for the long run for the conference once the new members come in. Uh, and then he's, you know, he's created a really impressive advisory board to help us think about what the future of the conference needs to look like. So I can't say enough about uh, what he's done to energize the conference, to really position us well for the future. He's worked extremely well with the athletic directors and with the board of directors. So we're excited about the future of the Big 12. Visiting with President Livingstone, and, and President Livingstone, at the top of the show, you ran down a list of so many great things that happened in 2022, great momentum in the university, and you've talked some about stewardship. When we think about this time of growth, of success here at Baylor, what does it mean to steward that? What does it mean to make the most of this in ways that benefit the university long-term to you? Well, when I think about stewardship, and we think about it from a faith-based perspective, that God has given us a lot of gifts and resources, uh, both individually and then as an institution, and how do we take the best care of those we can to honor him, but also to advance the university. And and at the, at the core of that is being good stewards of our mission, uh, to prepare men and women for worldwide leadership and service by integrating academic excellence and Christian commitment within a caring community. So stewarding that in all that we do is critical. But then it's also about stewarding the people that are a part of our institution, the faculty and staff, and, uh, and how are we engaging with them, taking care of them, helping them to be the best that they can be so that our institution is the best it can be, whether it's the teaching, the research, the service. And then, of course, uh, at the core is our students. And so we have to be really good stewards of our students. And we know they've been through some really challenging times over the last couple of years. And so how are we helping them to ensure that they're successful academically, they're growing spiritually and personally? And frankly, we know there's a lot of mental health challenges and a lot of stress students are going through. So how are we uh, wrapping uh, a lot of care around them to help ensure their success and their well-being. So it's a comprehensive mm -hmm. mindset that really influences everything we do at the university. Well, you know, it's not just about metrics as you talk about stewarding faculty, but you look at some of the honors Baylor has received in the last year. It, it paints a picture of a university that's excellent in both, uh, that's elite in both teaching and research, a, a university that has an A rating in core curriculum, top 10 first year experience, learning communities, undergraduate teaching. We can unpack these a little bit as we go on on the show, but you know, it's not all about those numbers, but 
when it comes together to you, what, what does that say about the job that, you know, the university as a whole and the people who have these individual uh, areas underneath their purview are, are doing? And- you know, I've always said that you shouldn't focus on rankings and ratings for the sake of those rankings and ratings, that you should do what you do really, really well, focus on your mission, and then what you hope is that the rankings and ratings that are out there reflect the excellence that you've tried to achieve as an organization. And I think that's what you see here. Baylor's always been deeply committed to the learning experience of students. More recently, we've really focused on the research endeavor. And and so I think what you're seeing is that sort of consistent focus on that over many years is resulting in uh, the quality of what we do on campus and then the recognition of that. And a, a true credit uh, to our faculty and staff and their dedication uh, to these areas, to teaching, to research, to service for so many years, and frankly, to having a board that supports that and has, has been a wonderful partner in helping us move forward with our strategy, Illuminate. Uh, so I think you have to think about uh, kind of the holistic experience at a university, but that only happens and you only have that excellence across a broad array of activities when you have a deep commitment from your faculty and staff to be excellent at, at uh, living out your mission every day. Well, I think you just answered, really, uh, at least in part, one of the questions I have here. Uh, worth noting for people who don't know that U.S. News uh, recently put out rankings for best undergraduate teaching and undergraduate research, and Baylor was one of just eight institutions nationally to be in the top 25 in both teaching and research, uh, along with four Ivy League schools, Harvard, Dartmouth, Princeton, and Yale, and then some other elite institutions in Duke, Michigan, and 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 Elon. You know, you, you said there's that that commitment there. Intentionality uh, is a part of it. Uh, you know, I'm curious from your standpoint, uh, j- just your sense of that commitment from our faculty to be to be great in, in both. Well, I think that starts because that's a, a those are rankings related to your undergraduate educational experience and, and doing teaching and research both really well and engaging your undergraduate students in both of those activities. And so what I think that shows you is that at Baylor and with our faculty, there's a deep commitment to the undergraduate experience and to helping them to have an excellent learning opportunity, both inside and outside of the classroom. And I think that's been a core principle of Baylor for many, many years. It's one of the pillars of Illuminate, transformational undergraduate education. And I think the research piece of it has grown over time and has just enriched what was already a really great learning experience. And so uh, it's wonderful to see that recognized and to know that our peers, those rankings like that come because your peers say they think you're really good at those things. And so I I think that's a a testament to the work that our faculty and staff have done over so many years to really build a high-quality undergraduate experience on this campus in a very holistic way. You know, another uh, ranking that Baylor, another honor Baylor recently earned was for core curriculum. Baylor's one of just 22 schools in the nation to earn an A rating and core curriculum from the American Council of Trustees and Alumni, and one of only two R1 schools on that list, the other being the University of Georgia. If, if someone from another institution were just uh, happened to see that and asked you about that, how has Baylor managed to earn a recognition there? And really, in all these areas that I think we need to talk about, eight schools in both research right. and teaching, just two R1 institutions, uh, what, what would you say about how Baylor has done that? And again, I think you probably already said that in part. Well, you know, that A rating is one we're quite proud of and have had for quite a while. And it is one that a lot of institutions that used to get it don't because they've uh, created a much more flexible core. Now, there's value in having some flexibility, but at Baylor, 
uh, we have concluded, and, and frankly, our faculty in the College of Arts and Sciences just redid the core curriculum. Uh, it had not been changed for many years, and they spent hours thinking about what should an undergraduate student know and have uh, experience with during their undergraduate education that prepares them for a lifetime of continuing to learn and grow and develop, and it makes them a well-rounded, not just student, but a well-rounded human being. And, and that's really what that rating gets to. So we still have some really significant core requirements that a lot of schools have gotten away from because we believe there's just a, a core set of knowledge that a, a well-educated person should have. And so I think it's because we've been so thoughtful about it, uh, so concerned about putting out students that are not just really good in their discipline but are well-rounded students and can think holistically about the world and how they relate that back to whatever specific disciplinary they have. So I appreciate the diligence our faculty has put into that. And again, I think that's one of the things that feeds into some of these other rankings as well is the thoughtfulness by which we bring students into the university and into a core curriculum before they go out into their major fields of study. This is Baylor Connections. We are visiting with Baylor University President Dr. Linda Livingstone and you know, President Livingstone, it was just a little over a year ago that we got the news that we had reached R1, really three years almost ahead of, of what we thought we might with those rankings coming out every three years. And we've got a different vantage point here, a, a year in now. And I, I'm curious, what impact have you seen R1 having on the university? We're, we're a young R1 university, but how is it already having an impact? I think one of the first things you see is just a it, it was such a wonderful affirmation for our community, uh, for our community on campus, faculty, staff, students, but also for the broad Barter Baylor family that the work we were putting in, the effort we had, the strategy we had was actually paying off and that the efforts and energy and resources they'd put into it were worth it to, to get us to that point. Uh, but I think we've also seen some really tangible outcomes from it when it comes to faculty hiring. We hired a set of faculty for several years that wanted to help us get to R1. But then there's a set of faculty that will really only consider you if you are R1. So we had such a great year hiring last year. We've got a great hiring process going on now, especially for some of our endowed chairs through the Foster Academic Challenge and the Illuminate Challenge. And it just makes it easier to attract really high-quality faculty when you're already in that R1 status. And then we also know that students, many of the best students, actually, I was a little surprised by this when I first started to learn this, but students actually ask about that, and it matters to them when they're looking at a university because that tells them something about the commitment of the university to education, to research, and many undergraduate students want to do research now. So it's really been powerful in terms of uh, attracting students and high-quality students. And then I believe it also helps us nationally with our reputation and engagement and gives us opportunities uh, to be a voice in areas, probably at the disciplinary level as well as at the national level for the university, that we might not have had otherwise. Uh, so it's been really fabulous, and we just have tremendous opportunity to build on that and continue to grow and develop in the years ahead. You know, you mentioned hiring Baylor announced through Illuminate Forward, even before we got to R1, 100 new faculty, continuing growing those endowed chair positions. As you said, how exciting is it to think about, you know, you know whether you want to talk about the rising tide or, or just, uh, you know, that was going to be designed, I think, at least in part to help us continue to 
progressed towards R1, well, now you're doing it as an R1 institution. Well, you're absolutely right. I was just having a conversation yesterday. We're hiring for some endowed chairs. Uh, kind of, we did, we hired several endowed chairs last year as part of uh, uh, fulfilling that academic challenge. And now we're kind of in the second year of hiring endowed chairs. Well, some of the candidates for endowed chairs this year are in those pools because some of the endowed chairs we hired last year have encouraged them to be in these pools for these new endowed chairs. So it, it really is kind of a domino effect. Once you get some of those people on your campus, they attract other people. They attract great doctoral students. They'll bring in research. Uh, so, you know, success breeds success mm -hmm. and builds on itself. And so I think the more of these faculty we hire, the more we'll continue to be able to have to hire and the more wonderful students will attract. And uh, it's just going to be a, a, a fabulous cycle for the university in the years ahead. Visiting with President Livingstone. And, and President Livingstone, you've talked about the fact that R1 is, you know, it's a significant benchmark, but it wasn't the finish line. In fact, I believe R1 doesn't actually appear in Illuminate. It's a, it's a great goal, but that goal of preeminence as a Christian university, what do, what, what do our aspirations, what does that pursuit look like now that we're R1, which was a you know, which was a very tangible goal in a lot of ways, what 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 what, do, what does it look like without that tangible goal, but still going forward? Well, it's one of the most common questions mm -hmm. that I get is like, now what that we've accomplished R1, and you know if you go back to why R1 was a goal, we over and over said that's a marker that helps us know if we're making progress. That is not in and of itself why we're doing this or the ultimate outcome that we're looking for. What we're really wanting to do is be a preeminent Christian research university, and as you've heard me say many times, the world needs a Baylor. The world needs a tier one research university with a deeply committed Christian mission. And R1 is just a marker of that. And so what we really want to continue to do is build the infrastructure uh, to have the facilities to hire the faculty that allow us to continue to improve and enhance as an excellent university from an educational perspective, but also doing research that matters and is solving problems that are critical in the world. And so it's really about, as a Christian university, again, going back to your first question about being good stewards of the resources we have, and then how do we take those resources and have the greatest impact we can as a Christian university for Christ in the world. And you're really never done getting mm -hmm. better and better at that. And so it's, it's an exciting mission and one very few universities have. Uh, and we're so excited about so many people that are uh, inspired to come and be a part of that. You know, you were, were R1 now. That was something the Baylor family shared in, and other institutions congratulated Baylor for reaching. You know, we shared some of these other rankings, uh, top 10 in a number of, of different areas. Pretty elite company when you talk about the top 10 most trusted universities, uh, research and teaching undergraduate, uh, you know, one of just eight. Do you get a sense of how people, whether in the Baylor family or out, are, are thinking about Baylor differently. I think, you know, the, the, the circles in which Baylor is listed now continues to, to, to grow. It's more rarefied air. It is, and it's really good air mm -hmm. to be breathing along with other people. But I do think you have to, it's a bit of a change of a mindset for us that we are now talked about in the same breath with Ivy League schools and top research universities. And so you, you really do have to kind of own that you're now in that set of, of uh, higher reputation, more elite types of institutions. 
And with that comes higher expectations of what people expect when they come here, whether it's as a student or as a faculty member. And and so how do we continue to build the infrastructure to create the environment and the culture that continues to build on that success so that we can continue to move forward and really not just meet those expectations, but exceed them. But I also, and I say this a lot with my team, I say it with our board of regents is as we have success, whether it's this type of academic success, some of the athletic success we've had or other success that's happened across our campus, we also have to maintain an attitude of humility that, you know, we, we have this privilege and opportunity as a Christian university, uh, to, to do these things, to be excellent, to be a representative in the world. But we have to remain humble in that and recognize uh, where our strength and resources come from. And uh, that's really from our faith commitment and that we can't become too proud of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We need to really appreciate it, take advantage of it, continue to get excellent, but remain humble in the mm-hmm. success that we've had. And I think if we can do that, we'll continue to see ourselves advance uh, in terms of the quality of what's going on on this campus. Now, those those are great thoughts. As we head into 2023 now, what 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 are you most excited about or or what uh, what what most animates you and your team as you look ahead to the year to the year ahead? One of the things we say often is that in many ways, even though we reached our one earlier than we anticipated, we really have just scratched the surface of the opportunity that Baylor has to have an impact in the world. And so as we go into this next year and look to the future, uh, you know, it's it's really building on that success. And I've, I've mentioned infrastructure a lot. We, we actually have kind of grown in success almost faster than some of our infrastructure has. So how do we make sure our facilities, our research support, and other things are of the quality to sustain this kind of success? Uh, facilities we've already talked about, making sure that those facilities are in place. Faculty hiring continues to be critical. We need to continue to hire really great faculty to sustain the growth in our research and, frankly, the quality of students that are coming and the expectations they have. And I would say the other thing we're really leaning into is student affordability. We want the students that should be and want to be at Baylor to be able to be here, to be able to be successful and to graduate and not to have you know, financial burden be an issue in that. And so that's something that we're really evaluating and looking at. It's like, what can we do that helps ensure the success of our students, not just academically, personally, and otherwise, but also financially while they're here. So there's lots of opportunity to continue to grow and improve. And we're just so thrilled to have the Baylor family walking beside us in this endeavor and helping us to make this possible. Well, we'll look forward to talking to you about those in the year ahead and uh, having you get on the program to, to, to dive into some of these. Well, President Livingstone, Happy New Year to you. Thanks for coming on, and thanks for always taking the time to communicate with the Baylor family through this and your emails and through a lot of other mediums. Well, I'm happy to do it, Derek, and really wish everyone a wonderful 2023. It's going to be a great year and really look forward to enjoying it with everyone. Absolutely. Baylor University President Dr. Linda Livingstone, our guest today on Baylor Connections. I'm Derek Smith. A reminder, you can hear this and other programs online, baylor.edu slash connections, and you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections.